Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Anne Samoylov, and today we're speaking to Jen Loudon, author, speaker, and teacher, um, among some other things. Jen's going to share with us some really practical and important ways to improve your practice as a teacher. And even if you don't consider yourself a teacher, guess what? You likely are. You don't even know it. So she's got some words of wisdom for me, and I'm going to share with you some of the, the reasons why I first got to know Jen. And we're going to jump right in on our conversation as we're discussing the phenomenon of helicopter teaching. See you in there. I'll give you an example from Teach Now that we um, have 48 or 49 master teacher interviews. Way overwhelming. Giant library. Like 50 hours of interviews. <laughs> but they're brilliant. But people are getting overwhelmed. So I made it really clear that it's a bonus. It's not the program. And I indexed it. So you can go and say, oh, I have difficult students. Let me find nice. the interviews that cover that. So you, that was a tweak, though, years into the program. So you keep using the feedback to help your learner experience. But you're not doing it from a place of praise or blame. You're not doing it from a place of this has anything to do with me. This is um, rooted in trying to, to deliver a good learning experience, but you, you realize there's no way that you can control whether they learn or not. It's like bringing a feast to the table and hoping that people enjoy it. Man. And, and, you know, I, I should just, uh, I should remind myself too. There was a moment when I realized I couldn't teach my one-year-old baby when I had, when she was one, how right. to sleep. When I realized that, and she has to learn how to sleep. You can just put the, con you have to put the conditions, yes, and make exactly. the environment as sleep, you know, conducive as possible and then let her do the work. You know? That's exactly, that's the metaphor. So remember how that felt in your body mm -hmm. when you had that epiphany and bring it up regularly when you're teaching, when you're designing, when you're on the forums or the Facebook group or wherever you interact. When, and I think this is maybe more true for women than men, but when we get in that sort of desperate, leaning forward, how can I do it for you place? Mm. We need to recognize what does that feel like in our bodies to wake up to that and then to come back to a, a grounded, hey, yeah, this is what I got. I don't know what you're going to do with it. I can't even imagine. In some ways, it's going to be more incredible than anything I can imagine. And sometimes it's going to be really disappointing, but it's not my business. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, you know, it's it's this, I just discovered I'm like, one of the Enneagrams that's the helper. I have like, oh, you too. yeah, I need like, you that's like, that's what fills me up. <laughs> yes. So this is really important for you to learn. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh gosh. Yeah. So, so yes, I, I work on that regularly. I have someone who reminds me of that when they kind of sense that I'm, I'm trying to give over a little, yeah, over give. Exactly. Um, and, and definitely I can say that I've been guilty of responding to feedback in that neat, like making changes based on, oh, um, I got to please that person. So I'm going to change this or, you know, I think, yeah, we all are to some extent. Um, we do listen to those, those more, not negative, but the, the stuff that, that people call out. Yes. Um, and here's the thing though. If you keep design, redesigning your courses based on that feedback, it's actually a huge money drain. Because you're not, think, you're not stepping back and, and for, you're, 
for, for several reasons. It's a huge money drain because you're often redesigning and putting time and energy into redesigning that doesn't need to be redesigned instead of time into building your following, building your tribe, marketing. Second right. of all, you're often cultivating the clients that you least want. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Like, uh, why am I trying to please that person who really I wish hadn't joined the program anyways? Right. Or sometimes that's not true. Sometimes it is your right client, and it's like, oh, then it, it their feedback lands in a very different place mm -hmm. than that. How can sure. I please you? And you can really skew. And I've done this. You can skew towards the people you don't want to serve instead of building a, a bridge and building a course or a class or a retreat towards the people you do want to serve. Yeah. I, I, I'm going, I, I'm feeling this <laughs> right now. So, um, so then you've got, if you're, if you're in this place where, okay, let's move on from helicopter teaching. I want to ask you then, what do you think are some important things like to set up that environment of learning right away? Are there some things that you would do, um, whether it's a class, retreat, online, offline? Are there small things that you do to kind of get people engaged quickly? The first thing is, is safety. People can't learn if they don't feel safe from a brain standpoint. When we're in a little bit of hyperarousal, when we're searching or scanning our environment to see if there's anything out of place, then we're not, we're not open to learning. So I do everything I can, and I often find this excruciatingly boring to make people feel safe. And I don't mean I find it boring because I don't want people to feel safe, but because it doesn't feel creative, and I'm not teaching, and I'm not showing you everything I know if I'm writing really lovely, welcoming emails mm -hmm. that are very brief. And then I make sure in bold have all the information. And then I'm making sure my VAs cue those up to go not once, but three or four times. And we're including the PDF for the class in all these different places. So people aren't panicking when they get on the call and they can't find it. If right. people are coming to a retreat, I send them about a week before I've learned to send them a really nice email that says, hey, I bet you're thinking right now that you're going to drop out and maybe you shouldn't come. And who am I to come to like my writing retreat? I'm not a writer. So I think about some of the worries or fears they're having. And then I always say, and you may be really excited because not everybody's afraid. And, and I reach out to them that way to, to help them feel secure. And then I remind them about what they need to bring and what are the directions. So all that stuff, really pay attention to it and systematize it so you don't have to do it over and over again. Yeah, I, I like that. That's really important. I love that because um, the I can I immediately thought of people that I've done some sort of business with, whether I bought something they had or whatever, and that that initial feeling of safety was definitely there. I mean, I'm thinking of Chris Gillibo actually because he always sends like a little "Hey, thanks for buying," and it's like you know. I don't know if it's him, if it's someone out of his team, but it doesn't really matter because it's from Chris and he says, Hey, thanks for buying this. Thanks for coming. I, I, I'm glad you're coming. Um, and it's a one word email. And I know that, um, I, I definitely try to do that as well because I agree about that whole feeling of safety. Like, yeah, you made the right decision, you know, yeah, and you, I'm going to take care of you. And you're yeah. not, see what you have to remember as a teacher is that everybody's worried they're going to get it wrong. Your students are constantly worried they're not getting it, they're going to do it wrong, they're going to fail. They may not consciously know this, but that is so indoctrinated into us in our traditional education system. I've watched my daughter trying to unlearn it in college. 
you know, wow, no, what do I think? What do I want? And so you have to be reassuring your students. You're doing it right. And that kind of attention to detail took me a long time to learn. It includes things like starting my each class in the course that I'm just finishing teaching this week, a different course, not teach now, course on my book, The Life Organizer. And I start the, I always start with centering. And I'll talk about this. I talk about this a lot in Teach Now, why to center, because basically you're opening their brain for learning. And then I tell them what's going to happen in that class, that 90 minutes. I remind them of all the things that they need. And that takes five or 10 minutes. And I think, mm. oh, what a waste of time. But people, some learners need that. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and I'm one of those people. So I know I, I want that, like even that little intro, that little reminder, like, hey, this is what you're going to learn here. And this is yes. what you're going to learn next. Um, right. I need those little intros so that my brain can then get in that mode to get ready to receive that yes. information. Um, so, so a few I want to, I, I kept saying it was a few years ago, but maybe like a year or so ago, um, I actually came to you and I remember something that I asked you and it was about, actually, I don't even know how it came up in the conversation because I think I called you for a very different reason about the community, the fearless launch community. But I asked you, I was asking about the community and then you gave me this piece of advice about how much to include in your class, whatever that class takes the form of. And I just love the, I, the, the, what you told me was get rid of stuff you, that you don't really need in the program that maybe is too much. And, you know, just every single time you do the program, go through it and take out something else and then keep taking things out. (laughs) And maybe that's like simplifying it, but can you, can you tell me more about that? Well, the biggest mistake that everybody makes, and I still make it, but not as much, <laughs> is um, to try to, to, to prove your worth or to, by giving everybody, your students, everything you know. So we, or you're so excited about your subject matter that you want to, you just feel like, God, I, I but I, I got to tell you this. And what if I, if I don't tell you that? And and we completely forget that the way we learned it was much more systematic. We learned a little bit and we used it, we digested it, and then we learned a little bit more. So we need to go back to beginner's mind and what was the, what are those foundational pieces? And then write all those down. I love to mind map when I'm mm-hmm. creating a course. And then delete half of it. People can take in like three or four points in 90 minutes. You should never teach longer than 90 minutes. 60 minutes is better. I'm always a glutton. I do 90 minutes. <laughs> so that, you, 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 and it's really hard. I mean, I watch people like grit their teeth. They're having, you know, having such a hard time saying, no, oh my God, but I have to include that. How can I not include that? But again, when we think about building a business, those next offers are going to be the things you're leaving out. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are afraid of that. Afraid of like not giving in like I, the proving your worth bit I know is what causes people to create these, ex- these huge things their first time around. And then the reason why they end up, I feel like not really being able to market it well and then not being able to make money on it the way that they thought they would is because there's too much there. There's almost like, whoa, that's a lot. Yes. And um, people, people will go away. They won't keep working with you because they feel guilty. They didn't get it all. They didn't keep up. 
It's a huge issue with online courses in particular, not so much with live courses, but with or retreats, but with online courses, people are overwhelmed and it is not a sticky experience. We can do everything we can to make online experiences sticky and very small percentage of the people who sign up are actually going to get through the course and participate. Yeah. I mean, and that, that, that's where that, that safety part comes in. You can probably get rid of some of that guilt by saying, look, you're, this is probably going to take you longer than the actual course to go through. It's okay. If it does, you know, you can probably get rid of a little of the guilt, but it's still there. You know, it's still there for people, especially if they're not able to at least get the core points of everything you're teaching. Let's say if you have like a six week course, if they've gotten at least one or two things from every week, then they'll feel some sort of success that they went through it. But um, I, I've definitely seen, I've seen courses that I've taken myself where I'm like, oh my God, I still haven't gotten through this course. And now I feel that guilt. Yes. And then that guilt strangely makes you often want not to buy from that person again. So, so you have to think about that, everybody. You have to think. I say every single live, time I teach live, you're not behind. I give them all kinds of different ways to release that guilt. I send out emails with the key points so that even just reading the emails that recap what were covered in the class, they're getting some value. They're getting something they can learn. Um, and lots and lots of recaps while teaching. So stopping and saying, let me just recap what I've covered in the last half an hour. I like that. I like that because I I think repeating recaps, I think saying, yes, this is also covered here, but it's important. This is an important point. It actually helps it helps them kind of get the lesson a little bit deeper. No, no, not just a little. It's it's hugely important. Repetition, repetition, repetition. And again, as teachers, (laughs) we're like, oh, but I need to be clever and I need to be fresh and and they're going to be bored. You got next, go to a teaching experience yourself, go and be taught and notice how you learn. You Mm -hmm. get pissy if there's too much information. You want to be sure you're getting it right. You want to take it in. You want to digest it. And too many people online in particular are not helping people digest. And Mm -hmm. it pisses me off because there's all this good information that could really help them build their businesses or help their relationships that just kind of goes through their fingers. Is it, do you think it's possible to simplify too much? Oh, yes. Know? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I'm not speaking to the people who don't actually have any knowledge and the people who are just wanting to be a big fake. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If, if, that's nobody listening to this. But yes, you can simplify too much for sure. I just don't see it happening, but I'm sure it does happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, I, I've gone back and forth on this because I've definitely, I've worked with different people, some that give, um, various amounts of their expertise. And for some people, maybe it's kind of part of how, who they are to just get to like, um, like I'm thinking of, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Fields. And he just writes, he is a writer. He is like meaty stuff. And I remember his course was, there was, it's a lot of, it's a lot to go which through, course, which course uh, he just did uh, revolution you. Oh, so it's yeah. about, I mean, it's, it's a heavy course, but he actually does a good job of going in and every single time reminding people about, you know, that the process to, you know, to do your manifesto doesn't take one week. 
You know, it, it evolves over time. And one year from now will likely look so different from what you created in the class. Or he reminds that the process definitely takes a different amount of time for every person and every movement. So, but I, but I see that and I think, well, that, that's still a good, at least people are getting some sort of, um, they're, they're achieving something. And I think that, that is a good thing. There, there's a difference between that and then a course. I, I don't even, I don't really want to call any courses out, but um, classes that I've been in where there was just so much that I couldn't do any, I couldn't implement any of it just because it was so much. Yes. So I, I think that we have to hold the tension between giving the people who learn very quickly enough to keep them interested. Mm-hmm. And let me back up another moment and say, writing the copy on our sales pages so the right people sign up for our courses, not yes. promising like what level of student, what level of sophistication and knowledge, where are they in their in their life that you're going to help them and and exclude the people who aren't the right fit for your course. Do yourself a favor. It's not going to hurt your sales if you do it with care yeah. and precision. And yep. then the other thing is that holding the tension between, you know, giving people really clear steps to take. And I'm still working on this in all my teaching. You know, what are, can I break down, for example, if I was teaching you to write a manifesto, can I break it down so it's rich enough for the fast learners or the, the people who write really quickly or think really quickly, but it's doable for everybody. And that's hard. And it often Very. takes a lot of iterations. Very. Yeah, so. I, I know. And, uh, you know, um, you said something before, and of course, now I wrote a note <laughs> that makes zero sense to me. I'm like, huh, that is not going to help me at all. Bring that back. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely am always in this mode where I'm trying to think that like there are fast learners and there are, there are people who need a lot more description. And so I'm always straddling that line between the really easy to understand one, two, three, and like a little bit more in depth. So like that, that I think though is my own fault because I think what you said about the sales page, I, oh, this is, this is kind of what I was thinking mm. is that you, you actually need to make it so clear who the course is for and who it's not for, not just by saying this is who this is for, and this is who this is not for, but actually in the way that you like the, the way that you, the language you use on the page and everything, because I have noticed that every time around there that we do the program, there are a few people who are a little bit further along and get a little bit more frustrated and either they end up not participating because they're like, oh, well, I'm way beyond this, but I really like the community, so I'm going to stick around. Or they leave. Um, but but really making sure that you know who – you want to make sure people know that this is for them or they can say, oh, yeah, this is just a beginner's course. I don't need this. You want that. Right. And, <laughs> and, and Yeah, you do want that. I wrote a blog post last year for the Fizz guys or the Fizzle guys. Oh, Yeah. About exactly, I think you turned me on to them, about exactly that thing, which was, you know, be bold, right to exclude. Right to exclude. I love that. And I think that's so scary for people, especially when you're starting out. It's like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, I did that in the early rounds of Teach Now. I'm like, oh, and Teach Now then did become a program that successfully helps experienced students and new students. But if I had been smart, I probably would have just made it for new students. Yeah. But I have a tendency, and I think this is, 
this is my way, and I think it works really well, but doesn't work really well for everybody, to dream up the course, write the sales page, writing into the sales page, who do I want to serve? What can I really deliver? What, what challenges or problems or desires am I really going to be able to meet? Really holding my feet to the fire with that form and then beta testing the course for a low mm. price. Yep. And then delivering it and creating it on the fly, which is a little crazy making sometimes, but that mm. creates a, a good container for me. Yeah, I, I did this. That is exactly the process I did when I did fearless launching the first time. I mean, I didn't call it a beta necessarily, but in my mind, I was like, I'm going to spend as much time with each of these people who are in the program. I'm going to find, you know, and it actually helped me so much down the line, figuring out who that right person was. And, you know, they became my, well, avatars for the next session. And then it got tighter and tighter and tighter each time. Um, so I, I love that. Um, so Jen, can, can you tell me then what's going to be happening very soon? A few days from now, we're gonna. I'm gonna do a. I do a free class. It's a real class. It's not a sales call. And in other words, it's it's a class that you need. It's part of Teach Now, but it's free. It's open to anybody. And it. I have had people just take the class. I'll, I'll say this, which is not good marketing, and not sign up for the course and get great value and have a life changing experience. Um, so if you think you want to take the course, sign up for the call and come and listen to it. You'll know if I'm a fit for you. We'll talk more about helicopter teaching. We'll talk more about less is more. We'll dive in a little bit more to a few of the concepts here. And then we'll have, there's going to be eight takeaways. And then I'll stay on the line after the about 75 minute call for as long as you want to answer your questions about teaching and about the program. Well, I will be there. I just signed oh, up yes. this morning oh, just so I can officially get all the information. Otherwise, I will forget because my brain is a little bit too fried right now, just finishing a launch. Um, but but Jen, I wanted to just thank you for today. Um, this this chat, I mean, I, I feel like the, the topic of teaching is important. We have all these people trying to like start their businesses, you know, bring their expertise into some tangible form that where others can benefit from it. So I think this is an important topic. And I, and I know that there are a lot of internal obstacles that, that really stop many people from doing this. Um, so I know that, uh, coming to this call and coming to this class is going to be great. I, I really can't wait actually. Um, and then yeah, I'm gonna, it's super, yeah. it's super useful and it's super affordable. Um, the program price is not on the sales page yet, but it's three eighty eight, and it includes five live calls with me and some really incredible guests. So, and then there's the program itself, which is a pre-recorded call and some really cool extras. So, what you need to just get through the course to get the basics is to listen to that pre-recorded call, okay. which is about an hour and a half every two weeks. If you just did that, it would totally be worth the three eighty eight. If you came to the live calls, oh my god, totally <laughs> worth three eighty eight. If you listen to some of the master teacher interviews, wow, totally worth three eighty eight. There's three times the value. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jen. So I'm going to put the link below so everybody can get there, and um, and then also. There might be some questions for you below. I would encourage anybody who has questions for Jen to just ask her and I will make sure that she sees them. Um, but that's it. I, I would love to definitely chat again, follow up with you on this launch. I know we we chatted before the last round of the program. Um, well, maybe last year, maybe two rounds ago. Um, so I'd love to chat again soon if you're up for that. 
Okay. Yeah, I love talking to you. Wonderful. Oh. Thanks so much for having okay. me. Okay. Thanks so much, Jen. Have a great day. You too. Okay. That was fabulous. I never get a call with Jen without learning something that I can apply to my own courses. Um, and I would love it. Love to see you all there on Jen's class. And it is officially the first class in the teach now program. So if you want to know more about teach now and, or the free class that she's holding this week, April 3rd, go on over to the link that I'm going to be providing right down in the show notes. Also, I'd love to ask if you could just, if you're in iTunes right now, or you can hop on over there, give me a review, give me a star or two, and really continue to support all the women who are podcasting these days and to support the Fearless Launching show and community. Thanks so much, and I'll see you in a little bit.